So that tells you something. I was rushing to get everything Aww. done. I did not do laundry.
Welcome. You're listening to Mystic Moon Cafe Radio. And hello, everyone. Welcome to Mystic Moon Cafe. This is June, and I have the lovely Wendy. Hello, Wendy. Hello, June. Hey, how's hello, it going? Audience. <laughs> <laughs> and and we have Jake on the controls tonight. He's going to be as quiet as possible, but he may jump in every once in a while. Just every once oh. in a while. Oh, come on. We now I'm going Jake. back. Okay. Mute. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Oh, so Wendy, tell us yes, how was your week this week? It was a week. It's been busy. You know, had to. I've got doctor's appointments and and car things and all kinds of fun stuff to take care of all the time. But it did. It hasn't been too bad. Well, hasn't hasn't hell came to visit you? <laughs> As in the sun, hasn't the um, sun moved into Kansas City? Yes, yes, finally, um, after the storms, and we've got a nice north wind, and um, actually it came back down to, golly, I think it got down in the 60s, low 60s oh, last wow. night. Yeah, so, I mean, it it was really nice. It's going to oh, warm wow. back up again. It is still July in, oh, in yes, Missouri, yes. but. Oh, yes. Missouri. Mm-hmm. I remember, yes, <laughs> I remember those days. <laughs> Yeah, I had to. I had to keep uh, reminding myself not to call it misery. It's Missouri. Yes, <laughs> or Missouri, which are wherever you're from. <laughs> yeah, you know, out, out here in Washington, we have. I I was gonna say we have not. I don't even think we've been over eighty. I might be wrong around the Seattle area um, yet. And uh, yeah, it's it's it was in the 60s for quite a while, so it's it's now kind of warming up a little bit. Beautiful day today. I think it was like 75. You know, I I like it around the 70 degree mark. That's kind of my yes my yes. thing. That's a good good level temperature to be yeah, most of the time. Yeah. So that's why you know I just can't move from here. I'm stuck. <laughs> I'm stuck here now. Okay. <laughs> I keep thinking about all these other great places around the United States that I, you know, you know, maybe I should move someday. And I was like, no, that's too hot. That's too cold. <laughs> so, you know, I guess I, I'm stuck here. Gotta find just right. Yeah, like the, the Goldilocks. The Goldilocks. Yes. But, but we are going to have a wonderful show tonight. We have a fantastic person, Denise Pridemore. Yep. Um, and I was going to say, do we want to go ahead and bring Denise on and have her tell a little something well, about herself first? Or do that, you yeah. think to actually play a commercial first? We'll let Jake play his commercial, and then we will um, we'll talk. We'll keep, bring Denise on. That's awesome. All righty. Yep. Here comes our sponsorship from Crimson Cloak Publishing. From Crimson Cloak Publishing, Patchman. Book One in the series by author Rick Step Bowling. A prophecy declares a small child would decide the victory between two countries paralyzed by war. An old man sells magical patches on the ruined streets of Hagradis when a small, one-armed girl begs him to fix her doll. An imperial missile blast kills the little girl, Misha, but Var patches her back to life and they flee marauding stormtroopers. Imperial High Command unleashes Ulan, a formidable assassin and mystic who chases the Patch Man and his ragged band of followers through a labyrinth peopled with powerful beings and monsters. 
both the pursued and pursuers find themselves in life-or-death situations when they encounter the Greeter, a mysterious being who controls the entrance to parallel worlds populating the labyrinth. It is in these domains they discover clues to end the war, with little Misha as the secret key to ultimate victory and peace. Patchman is available now on Amazon and through all major retailers, ebook and paperback versions available from Crimson Cloak Publishing. And we're back. Um, yay. yay! And no, we don't play that. Um, they're back. Uh, yeah. That... <laughs> different show. I kind of like that, though. They're yep, back. Different show. Yeah. It's okay the first time, and then the rest, it's like, I think somebody just ran their fingernails down that chalkboard. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, June. <laughs> yeah. I actually got to see Heather work. I was just thinking about that Heather O'Rourke's grave, um, where she was buried. The little girl that played in Poltergeist, right? And somebody put a little sticky note on there that said, "I don't think she's coming back." <laughs> I was uh-huh. like, oh, "Come on, guys!" Glad they didn't write it on there. At least they put a sticky note. But right? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I just had to interject that. But anyway. So good to have you, Denise. Hello. Hello. How are you guys tonight? We are fabulous. Well, that's good. I'm. We're <laughs> all fabulous, so that's great. We're acting as if, anyway. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> needs to know the behind-the-scenes part. Everything's supposed to be No, perfect. it's just, it, yeah, um, we've all got it. Uh, we're all working through it, so there. <laughs> right. In, in radio land and TV land, everything's perfect, and that's going to be that's right that's right well Denise you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and what you got going on (laughs) please tell us about yourself (laughs) well I'm really boring no you're not I'm sorry it's gonna be a really short show (laughs) (laughs) we'll we'll make it long well here I am the end yeah (laughs) (laughs) I know I took a sarcasm pill before the show, and now I'm really We we are fluent in snark food, so... We don't mind one bit. Well, (laughs) I tell everybody, my first language is sarcasm, my second language happens to be English. And sometimes I get a little bit mixed up with them, and the sarcasm kind of goes off the deep end. (laughs) But that's that's okay. You know, so so people who know me know that I'm, I'm very serious about very few things, but the things I'm serious about, I'm very serious about. So um, I'm very serious about my family, very serious about research and facts. I'm uh, big, big on facts. Um, I will not perpetuate a rumor or, or anything like that. So if I find out that something is not a fact, I will find the truth. You know, so that's one of the big things about, about me with my research and stuff. I will, I will dig until I find it. So a lot of people will say, if you want to know the truth, even if they don't like me, they'll say, ask Denise. Yep. <laughs> she'll, she'll find it. And uh, recently be that. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, like there was recently a rumor that uh, 60,000 people died at this location. And, and I'm like, no, 
maybe 8,300 at the, at the highest. Are, are you are you talking about Waverly Hills? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, yeah. It was really something because when when you said that, I, um, you know, I remember it's like seeing that on a on one of the ghost shows where they said it was almost you know sixty eighty thousand people died, and I was just like, wow, that's a lot of people. And then you get there, and at least now they are telling people on the tour that it was not that many people, but it was around eight thousand something. Right. People. But that's still a lot of people. Right. But, and, um, yeah, it is still a lot of people. But if you look at the time frame that you're looking at, it's a rather long period of time. And you figure it was a hospital. There are records. It's not like it was a private, you know, private like down in Eureka Springs. Mm-hmm. Where some of the people that died down there, there were no records because the families didn't keep, you know, the families didn't want people to know that they died there. Right. You know. There, there's, you know, money changes hands, but this was an institution that was not a private institution. So there were records and, and they were required by law because they were getting federal funding. So Mm -hmm. there is a lot of information that's available. Can we get an exact count? Yes, but I'm not going to sit there and go, okay, I want to look at all the death records from this time to this time and find out where each and every person died between this time and this time. Um, Now, if I go there, then maybe I'll I'll want to look and see. But right now, I've been to the location. I have not been in the location. So I know that it's on, you have to go through a golf course to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically. Really strange. <laughs> you know, I drove by that golf course four times before I realized I'm supposed to turn here. My GPS is right. I'm, I'm just thinking I'm not supposed to turn into this private golf course. <laughs> oh. You know, <laughs> but, you know, my family lives in Kentucky, so I'm out there all the time. It's not a big deal. But, you know, it is just like, but that's the thing for me. The facts are important. And and anybody in the paranormal field should feel that the facts are important. Right. They, they should never go into a place and say, somebody, you know, somebody died here and and that's what we know. No, they should be able to give you a name of who that person was that died there when they died. And everything else, because mm-hmm. there should be some record of that. It you don't have to go based on rumor, right? Well, that's one thing that Ross always says. Um, he's the he's kind of the leader of our group, but he always says, "Go with what you know, and not with what you think you know," because you know you may have heard all these rumors that yeah, you know, all these people died, everything else, but if you don't know for sure. You know, or if you don't know for sure that the the white, the woman in white, you know, threw herself out the window and killed herself, there, there's got to be records of that somewhere, you know, not just listening to what people say. Right. And the mm-hmm. easiest way to find out is when did they start keeping death records in that state? And there are times like with the like the bloody vendors in Kansas, we may not know exactly how many people they killed. But we know that they killed people. Right. We know that for a fact. Mm-hmm. But how many people did they kill? Um, same with the Velisca axe murders. We may not ever know exactly who did it. We'll all have theories. Forever and ever, there'll be a theory because, you know, that's just the way it is. Right. But we do know that based on MO, it looks like this one person killed 25 people going across the country. Right what yep. it looks like yep. but riding the rails mm-hmm. right but the question is is were they you know there was an internet 
and what are their copycat killers? Right. We don't know, but and we'll never know. And all we'll have is this medium saying this and this medium mm-hmm. saying that and this researcher saying saying this. And I mean, there are multiple researchers in Villisca that have their own theories. Right. And not um, paranormal researchers, just researchers. Mm-hmm. Right. That's right. True. Um, now, Ron's great uncle was the sheriff. Is that right? Or the yes, the town the sheriff. constable. Mm-hmm. Okay. The sheriff. He was Orrin Jackson was Ron's great uncle. Wow. Okay. Ron. So Ron's. It's a str- strange thing to say, but Ron's great grandmother was a Jackson who married a Jackson. <laughs> and because. Well, Jackson is a common name, you know. We got very, right, yes. very much so. <laughs> so, um, but and they lived in that area. So, so Ron's family lives like in Stanton, Red Oak, Coburg, you know, and all that area. So when they came and settled from uh, Sweden, that's where they settled was that area. Oh wow! So his family has a lot of knowledge historically of the area between Malvern and Atlantic, Iowa. So when I have questions, I I go to the source. I go to the family, and I'll say, okay, what do you guys know? Because when first time we went to Villisca, it was like I opened a Pandora's box of family history that the family didn't want to talk about. Oh, wow. And uh, we went to this family reunion, and I had this picture of the Villisca Axe Murder House, and it was like, I said, look where we're going on Sunday. I'm so excited. And everybody's faces dropped. And their mouth, oh. mouth hit the floor. And oh, no. Ron's mom goes, Augie, stop. I'm sorry. <laughs> Augie came to say hi. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> I got Oscar behind me scratching on Okay. <laughs> but, um, that, you know, so she's like, I got to tell you this. I got to tell you guys this family story. Okay. And so I was like, what now? You know, because I'd already found out one thing about the family that, that nobody wanted to tell anybody. And I'm like, great, now what did I find? <laughs> you know, you know, history in the, you know, skeletons in the closet type thing. Well, you, well, the family's not really proud of this, but those murders were never solved. And it's like, I know. You know, well, it's just because you guys are excited that it's, it's haunted in this. He was Ron's great uncle, and, and it, it drove him crazy that he never solved those murders. Oh, so, I can imagine. So, so it hurt him. <clears throat> for the rest of his life and that hung over him that it was never solved but he never knew that the the murders in Paola never got solved that the murders the murders in Ellsworth Kansas never got solved wow. he never knew that all of these murders never got solved oh, wow that's sad so so the thing is is that's one of those one of those strange things that so you got your my cat <laughs> <laughs> I was like, if if this was, you know, paranormal right now. (laughs) Yeah, that that high-pitched, you know, kind of whine, moan sound, that that was the resident ghost of of Augie's past. (laughs) Yeah, in our case, it was a 13-year-old cat driving Mm -hmm. me crazy. Let me in, let me in. No, or or actually, it's the other one. Let me out, let me out. Oh, let me out. Which is one of the, my favorite lines from the from the Lion King. Let me in, let me let me out, let me out. <laughs> but that tells you, see that was, that was my previous life, the family thing. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, so after we found out this information, we went back to the Velisca Axe Murder House that 
the next day and we we walked in and and we met darwin because he was still alive at the time and we told him the story and um he took us to the house and he told johnny he said go back to the museum and get these pictures and they were of ron's great uncle oh and wow. so this is when darwin actually had the museum there before mm-hmm. he passed of course and uh he he brought these these photos in and i have pictures of leah my youngest daughter holding these photos from the trial and with the murder weapon and, and all this stuff and you know johnny was like this is really neat he goes we've never met family members from from the fam- you know from the family and at this point the entire family has been out there to the blitzkax murder house they've all been out there since we since we went oh wow so it has changed from the pariah kind of thing to we're really proud that our family was involved in this even though it didn't get solved right Mm -hmm. so i'm i was glad i was able to help them understand hey it happens it happens to the best of them but you know it's sad when you know that there are unsolved crimes from colorado to indiana all attributed to possibly one person Yep. Yeah, well, yeah, Wendy and I got to, um, she left us alone for quite a long time in the house. When I came back to, to Kansas City, we, we went um, we went there, and so we got to do our mini little investigations <clears throat> when we were there. So that was really cool. Oh, yeah. They, when we go, we, we, we've we never stayed the night. We've never needed to because we have activity when we walk in the door. Mm, wow. I mean, heck, all we got to do is get out of the car half the time and stuff starts happening. And... And I, like I said, I don't know if it's because of our relationship with the with the, the sheriff or Could if it's be. because of the familiarity of us coming back so often because we go once a year. Every time we have a family reunion, we go up and we stop either on the way there or the way back. Wow. That's very and, cool. I mean, it's an easy, it's an easy tour, you know, and... Right. And most of the time, when we go, we're the only people there. So why yeah, should I pay to spend the night when, for twenty bucks? I, you know, Ron and I can have the whole place to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know? And we can go chat with with you know, Whoever, go chat with whichever. Johnny, yeah. Johnny and mm-hmm. Alicia, and mm-hmm. and and have a good time. And you know, and Martha's she she likes us pretty good. So it makes it really easy for us. And. And anybody who's wanting to go to the Velisca Axe Murder House, you need to go. It's $10 cash. Have to have yep. cash. Yep. Um, <laughs> no cash, no getting in. Um, otherwise, you're going back to the Casey's, to the ATM. Um, keep that in mind. And it's only Tuesday through Sunday, 1 to 3.30. They kick you out at 4 o'clock. So if you're going to go, you need to go. And the best time to go is Tuesday through Thursday. If you want to get in there by yourself, Tuesday yeah. through Thursday, and they and the last day is usually Halloween or the weekend after Halloween, so you've got to go. And she's a stickler for closing it down, so just be aware of that. So keep an eye on the website. So they close it down then for when it gets start get when it starts to get cold, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. They the just snow just, might start flying. Yeah. yeah. Well, they they open up usually on April first, and they close on. On October thirty first, I mean that's a good, it's a good reasonable amount of time, mm-hmm. you know. But be aware, people. If I say I'm going to Iowa, it's probably going to snow. 
Every time. <laughs> Do you just bring it with you? Yeah. Aha. Uh-huh. Yep. Every like, time. Yeah. If, if I'm headed for the Caribbean, you're going to have the worst hurricane you've seen in 30 years. <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> I don't have any trips planned. It'll be okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, yeah. we can't do that. I know that we're, you know, it's like every time we go to Vegas, they always say, oh, September's a great time to go. It's not even 100 degrees. It's usually only in the 90s. I was like, <laughs> okay, last year was 110 every day we were there. Of course it was. And oh. and it's like, okay. So, but, you know, it seems to be like that every single time. But I'm always going to go that, you know, around the 7th of September because it's my granddaughter's birthday. So oh. I'm prepared for it to be 110 mm-hmm. every time we go. And I don't care. Right. Exactly. You know? And I got plans when I'm there. I got plans to see uh, Jeff Mudgett. We've already got time set up. I'm hoping to see uh, Justin Spurrier. Found out he's living there now. And uh, working with Ghost Adventures. And, uh, yeah. You, you knew that, didn't you, Wendy? I the probably Jeff- did, but I didn't quite remember it. <laughs> Yeah, he's now the equipment guy for Ghost Adventures. Nice! Yeah, so he's living out there, and uh, so I'm hoping to to catch up with him. I'm going to be on a Vegas Supernatural on uh, September 9th, so I'm I'm a guest on there. Well, you know, it makes my trip a (laughs) write-off. That's really nice. And uh, So have have you been through uh, Zach's museum out in uh, in Vegas? I I have not. Probably because uh, Ron doesn't want to go. Yeah. That's well, you the know, first thing. it's forty-five dollars to get in for one thing. Oh, I, he- I, I hear yeah. there's Groupons. Are there Groupons now? That, that's what yeah. I hear. Ooh. Um, but I also I'm not hear go. Yeah. that. Well, the the other bad thing about Vegas that people don't know is you have to pay to park almost everywhere unless you know sure. where you can park mm-hmm. and where his museum is. I think the closest place to park is Circus Circus is free. Yeah. Well, actually, in their parking lot, you can park as, as, long, as, there's, as long as there's space. Yeah. And the bad part is, is everybody, nobody carpools. Mm-hmm, uh, that's true. There And, you know, so maybe someday we'll go. But the only thing I want to know is, is the bear that moved on Ghost, Advent- on Ghost Adventures when I was on there for the Sally House, is it in there? Is it in his museum? Because it's mine. He took yeah. it. It's mine, and I want it back. Wow, I don't uh, know. Because it was <clears throat> taken from the Sally house, and uh, and it was yours, and it was mine. <laughs> wow. You we'll don't start take a some... uh, petition. Oh. No, well, I have no idea. We'll have to look if I ever I mean, go again. I mean, I don't care. I just want credit for it being yeah, mine. Yeah, the principle of the thing. Right. Mm-hmm. It was my kid. It was my kids' toy, and I took it there, and somebody took it from the location. And the only person, people that were there that would have taken it, would have been them. Mm, it was there. Stuff. It was there the week before, and it wasn't there when we went back. So when we were there the day that they filmed, I saw it there, mm. and it wasn't there when we came back on Saturday to do tours. Oh wow. So if, uh, well, if we were if we had a uh, filming or a camera here right now, I'd be looking at it, shaking my head like Aaron does so much. On yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, I can honestly say that that um, 
you know, I, I, it's way too much money. It was interesting, but the thing about it is um, they get these tour guides. They take you through. You can't even, like, linger and look at things because he does have a lot of really interesting artifacts um, that are in there. But it was and but there's too much serial killer stuff for my taste. I didn't really care for a lot of that. And, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, not not just about the serial killers, but about the torture things that they used on the victims. Yeah. Now, I thought that was really in bad taste, but it was almost like a I, I call it a, kind of a Disneyland ride with serial serial killers. You know, it was just kind of like a, it was over really fast and then he had some jump scares which i don't really appreciate too much it's like come on don't cheapen it anymore yeah and yeah. and i mean and the serial killer stuff is kind of morbid mm-hmm. for for people who have serial killers in their families oh um so so for me that it's like okay now i definitely don't really feel the need to go because of the fact that my grandfather was technically a serial killer he he killed a few quite a few people um and oh. one of them was my father oh my gosh but, but and one was my grandmother but like i said oh my gosh it's, that's terrible denise i know and i say it so matter oh. of fact yeah it's like oh my god yeah. <laughs> well all like right, i went yeah. to the store to get bread in <laughs> well you have to remember i've lived with this for for 44 years true mm-hmm. but i did not know this as fact for at least 30, I mean, I've known it for 30 years as fact. So I've had a long time to get used to it. And that's one of the things Jeff Mudgett said. He goes, oh my God, you lived with a serial killer. He goes, mine was my great grandfather. I never really knew him. I just know the history of him. And he goes, your life is so much more interesting than than mine. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like no, uh, I don't think so. I said, I, I I said, mine, mine only made the news because he got caught. I mean, <laughs> that's it, you know. And I, and so, so Jeff and I have a lot in common as far as that goes. But he's always interested in the stories that I can tell about living with. But I said, I didn't know. Right. You know, I was ten years old when my dad died, so I was taken away from that situation when I was ten. So my grandfather always treated me like I was an angel. So never treated me bad. So I have nothing to compare it to other than to say my grandfather was a good man to me, but yet when he was in this situation, apparently he was a totally different person. And that's that's all there is to it. And if I was to say these same words in front of my cousins who were around him until he died, they're they're like I don't I don't understand how you can say that he was like this and it's like it's because i researched my my grandfather's past and i found all this stuff that points to that he's killed this many people and that equals serial killer wow and and just because he was an alcoholic at the time doesn't change the fact that when he was drunk he had he had the tendency to, to kill someone and that it's just the way that they worded it back then that he wasn't in his right mind. And it's like, nowadays, they don't care. Right. You know, so nowadays, it, the subsequent things would never have happened because he would have been charged with the first one and possibly the second one and never got to where my grandmother and my father and a couple other people had pa- had, had to die. You know, yeah. so, 
but like I said, it's the situation. I, I have to look at it now as it is the way that it is. And I'm the way that I am because of the way that it was. That's true. And it could have made me a really bad person. Right. Um, because, you know, you think about it, 1975, a single mother with three kids. Wow. You know, there wasn't a lot of that back then that people knew about. It. There was a lot of that was hidden. It right. wasn't out right. in the open. They didn't speak about it at all. Mm-hmm. No. Just and sweep it under the rug. No, we yeah. don't need to know these things. Yeah. Right. And so by 1980, it was like that was starting to become the norm. A lot of lot of mixed families back then at that point but my mom never got remarried until oh she got married after I married Ron so my so my mom never remarried until I was an adult wow so um so we never had a stepfather we never had to deal with all that stuff but you know it it was different for us because of that you know we had all these kids out there saying I can't stand my dad and We'd look at them and go, huh. (laughs) But again, but that situation, I will tell you, when I talk about this, it leads back to my first known paranormal experience that I can explain to people and say, I know for a fact it was a paranormal experience because I had an out-of-body experience that I witnessed my father's murder. Oh, wow. That's the reason why it's, it's a catalyst for a lot of things. So... I saw it all happen, but yet I lived 27 miles away. Wow. Did you, you did you kind of yeah. dream it, dream it, or was it kind of a vision that came to you? No, I felt like I was right there in the in the house. I mean, it does kind of help that I lived in the house that it happened in, <clears throat> but I wasn't in the house at the time. And when I always thought maybe I heard my mom and my dad's girlfriend, which I know <laughs> sounds weird. Um, talking about it in the kitchen um, that I, I always thought that it might be that and my mother some of the things that I told my mom and his girlfriend was only said at the hospital was never said oh wow uh, at, you know like the my dad's final words to my mom um, they were meant for my mom my dad's girlfriend didn't tell my mother I told her and my dad's girlfriend was like, started crying and said, that's what he said. Oh my gosh. My dad's final words to my mother that were meant for my mother was, you are always the one and I never stopped loving you. And and that was the worst thing that you could say to somebody that. Right. Yeah. Who's standing there thinking that you left your wife for me and, and I'm not, I'm not the one. You know, and uh, so when I told my mom that, you know, that was a lot. But when I told told them what happened in the house at the time, there was stuff that um, my dad's girlfriend didn't see, but that I was able to tell them happened. But again, in 1975, you tell somebody this stuff. I mean, go back in time and think about what we were able to accept in 1975 that Uh we accepted. That That's we were true. able to accept in 1995. That we were able to accept in 2005. It's true. Mm-hmm. You know, just the just the concept of this. And in 1975, 
my mom just looked at me and said, you can't tell anybody about any of this. They'll lock you up. And um, so before my mom's boyfriend heard me say any of this stuff, my mom had already had me shut up. Wow. Because she was afraid that if he heard me say any of this, that he would tell the rest of my family this and that they would put me in a nut house. And I knew it. I mean, I knew I was the different kid. I knew I was never going to be, you know, accepted if I told people, you know, what I saw. Like, I mean, we went on field trips to Gettysburg and I saw stuff there that you can't explain to other people. You know, I have a, you know, a ghost kid trying to get me to come in the orphanage there, you know, to come to them. We got to uh, investigate the orphanage when we were there in Gettysburg last time. So, yeah. See, I got to be in there in 1977. Wow. That's pretty cool. (laughs) So it was totally different back then. Um, Didn't have tour guides. They just talked about a lot of the stuff. And, of course, I have this kid that's trying to get me to go off to this other area. And I'm sitting there going, I can't do that. I'll get in trouble, you know. Or, you know, going to the White House and seeing all these spirits there that people are now saying, I'd like to investigate the White House. I was like, well, of course you would. There's uh-huh. spirits there. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, I wish I could tell people back then what I saw. It's, mm. And I really wish I had kept notes on everything I saw. Right. But, again, if anybody had saw that diary, where would I have ended up? Right, yep. Mm-hmm. That's true. But, uh, hey, Denise, how did you then get into um, the Sally House? I mean, how did you start uh, being involved with, with the Sally House? Oh, that's a funny story. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell us. Okay, so, well, back in, back in 1994, um, mm-hmm. I started watching. I had a kid. I was nursing, and uh, I was watching TV, and... You know, here comes a haunting on, and it's the Sally House. Mm-hmm. I remember that one. Mm-hmm. Me too. And, <laughs> and I'm like, hmm, okay, well, it was intriguing, you know, because you know, at that time, we all thought ghosts couldn't hurt you. Right. Only in movies. Only mm-hmm. in movies could this happen. Mm-hmm. So, we're, you know, I'm amazed. I'm, I'm shocked. So I go to the library and I start looking for stuff. There's nothing in the library at Midcontinent here in Kansas City. You know, it's like, okay, well, we didn't have the internet. I mean, who did? Uh-huh. Right. Passed back then, hardly anybody. Uh-huh. And, and plus I had three small kids and running a full-time daycare. I didn't have the time to, to leave. I didn't know where Atchison was. Okay, let's be honest. I had no clue. I had a road atlas, but I didn't even think about looking to see where it was at. I didn't know, you know. I lived in Missouri. I thought Kansas was a lot further away, other than <laughs> that's car. true. You know, I understand that. KCK or whatever, yeah. Yeah, I lived. I lived in KCK before that, so KCK, Olathe, Overland Park. Those were the only places that I thought about. I didn't think about anything further than that. And like I said, I was wound up in my family, and plus all the kids that I was taking care of, and my house was haunted at the time too. It's a whole other story, but so I keep I keep trying to find stuff about this. Well, finally, I'm. It's was it 2011, 2010, 2010. 
I tell Ron, I go, you know what? It's about time that we go and we do something about all this paranormal stuff. You know, let's go, let's go do a tour. I had been doing, we'd done tours in, in Alton and I was, you know, we were already volunteering at, at McPike mansion and, and things like that. And, and I knew more about Alton than I did anywhere else. And I was like, I got to find out, I got to find something, someplace closer to home to, to know everything about. Right. There you go. Mm-hmm. So, so, and we're at this point, we already lived down here in Lewisburg. And so I looked, I looked it up and I go, it's only 90 minutes away. And Ron goes, yeah, I know. I drive through there all the time because he, <laughs> he already had the job that he's, that he's doing now for Coinstar. So he was up in Atchison all the time. And so he goes, you want to take a trolley tour? And I go, yeah, let's go take the trolley tour. So him and I and Leah and Lauren go take the trolley tour. And I already have the book Haunted Atchison, which is an interesting book, but it's all um, just stories. Not There's hardly any fact in it at all. It's all just mm-hmm. stories. But, just, yeah. <laughs> but then I didn't know I didn't know this, okay? At the time, you know, you, you it was do all, all this. new and mm-hmm. yeah, it was all mm-hmm. new and fun. And you don't know who, what stories are real and which which ones are um, embellished. Right. So, so they they take you on the trolley tour, and the trolley tour is, is pretty much the stories that are in the haunted Atchison book. Mm. But they leaves that it leaves out most of the addresses. So, so the whole time, I'm taping everything they're saying, and you know, we had a pretty good tour guide, except she was a little strange. And I, you know, I listened and I took down notes and took pictures and wrote down addresses and, and things. So I had all a bunch of stuff written in my, in my book. Bad part is, is that book I loaned to somebody and I never got it back. Oh but, no. <laughs> but it doesn't matter because I know where all these houses are now. Yeah. You know, <laughs> That's exactly. <laughs> so, um, and I know the stories because I ended up becoming one of the t- tour guides. The bad part was, is if you asked me left or right, I'd be thinking that from when I was riding on the bus that it was on my right when when I'm standing backwards it's on my left. Oh, you know? no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I'd have to look and go, no, it's on this side. You know. But um that was that was one problem I had. But so we do the tour. This was in July. And, you know, we, we really liked it. And we come back and we find out oh, you can get in the Sally House. Of course we were driving by the Sally House the first time and they're talk, telling the story. I'm like, that's not the story they told on a haunting. That's totally different. Mm-hmm. And that didn't even look like the house that they they had on the haunting. I said, but they drove by this house on there, you know. So I was already picking apart the story. Mm-hmm. Know, right. <laughs> and I'd already read at this time. I'd already read Deb Pickman's book because it had came out in 2010 uh, about the Sally House, a true haunting. And I had already read it twice at this point, and that book's gone too. So I loaned it to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but I do have I do have one that's signed by Deb and Tony. Oh, and, cool. Uh, so we're, we're like I said, I'm sitting there and I'm picking all these stories apart already. So we get back to the chamber and we go, okay. So how can we get into the Sally House? We go, oh, in September we have um, it's uh, we have uh, walking we have day tours where you can get in for um, ten dollars. That's like. Okay, well, then we'll be up in September. So we came back in September, and I'm sitting there going, okay, this is really neat. And we get in the house, and I'm like, well, this doesn't look like the house in a haunting at all. It's not even set up the same. 
<laughs> you know, so, mm-hmm. so, of course, the only part of the story that I know that is close to being factual is Deb and Tony's account of when they lived in the house. Right. We get, we get in the house and the basement's blocked. You can't go down the stairs to the basement. There's a sign that says that a woman fell to her death on these stairs. I'm like, huh. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You assume that's true because it's, it's written down. It's, it's there in the house. You assume that somebody had researched this. Sure. Okay. So mm-hmm. I took si- pictures of all the signs and, and everything. And I was so excited just to be there, you know, because this has been, I was drawn to this house to be there. I had to be there. And they had the dining room. And Wendy, you remember sitting at the dining room table. They had that all roped off. You oh, my gosh. Because this is where they did the surgery. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, so, and I'm looking at this, and I'm going, no, they didn't. I mean, I'm already, you know, so as we're in this house, and I'm looking at this stuff, I'm already tearing it apart, okay? <laughs> the entire story that we've been told. And so I'm reading about this botched appendectomy, and they have this story on TV that is the beginning of the Robbie Thomas movie about the Sally House which he never says anything at all about there being a little girl in the house, but they don't show the whole movie. They only show the part where they have the people in Atchison acting out this, this thing where it makes this doctor that lived in the house look like an idiot and a drunk. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. So, so, so I'm like, I'm watching it. I'm going, huh? And all you have in there is these, these three women standing in the house, you know, one at the front door, one in the kitchen and one upstairs with their arms crossed and not saying a word. Interesting. And just re- reading these signs, they have the nursery blocked off to where you can't, you, you can stand there and take pictures in the room and that's it. You can't go in the room. But you could go in, in the other rooms that you wanted to. You just couldn't go downstairs. You could go in the dining room and you couldn't. And so it's like, okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah. 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 Just so kind of Wendy's going, Wendy's going, boy, that was so different than when I went. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> Yeah, really I got good. to go too. At least that was really cool. Did, did you go? Did you go when I was there, June? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. So, yeah. so needless to say, we we went back. We were asked to come back the following week with friends, and so we did. We went the following week, and I told Ron, I said, "We gotta stop paying for this." I said, "I gotta get in here for free," mm-hmm. and and he goes, "How do you propose that we do that?" I said, "Well, my company will pay them five hundred dollars every six months." To let me volunteer for forty hours. Ooh, wow! Yeah. So, so not only will they get me to volunteer for forty hours a week, or forty hours a, a quarter or a half year, they'll get paid to let me volunteer. That's I pretty said, cool. And I said, not only that, Ron, your company will do the same. They'll match your time with with cash too. So they were making a thousand dollars every six months off of me and Ron. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> so all I had to do was turn in the paperwork. So so I called them. I called the chamber up um, the following week, and I said, uh, we would like to volunteer. I said, what's involved? And I and I explained to them about the, the, the um, time matching, you know, that they match time with dollars um, mm-hmm. through CenturyLink and through Coinstar, and I explained all that. They don't do it anymore for Coinstar. I don't even know if they do it with my company anymore. But, um, so we did that for six years. So I would make sure that they got, um, as time went on, I was volunteering all year long. So they were getting a thousand dollars a year just for me. And then 
whatever time that Ron was able to volunteer in the fall, then they would get that. Wow, so, that's pretty were, awesome. So, so needless to say, it was a win-win for the chamber. Mm-hmm. Because not only would I do the volunteer stuff, we also did some other events with them. We didn't get paid for. So there's other people that are now getting paid for this stuff. But at the time, we weren't getting paid for it, and which was fine. We didn't care. Um, I did trolley tours, and I did um, the tours at the Sally House. Okay. We also did um, a, something else called the Haunted Hop. Now, we did get paid for the Haunted Hop because that was that was different. That was outside of the normal realm of things. They always paid the people that did that. So um, so there was three times a year we actually did get paid. And uh, those were really long days, too. Oh, I bet. <laughs> so, wow. So, we would, so that's how we got in there. And so anybody who wants to volunteer for an organization should find out if their company matches them. And, they, and if it's a 5013C, nine times out of ten, they're going to take you if there's going to be matching funds. Hmm. So it's an easy way to get in. And, um, but when I told my boss I was volunteering for a haunted location and that the company was paying for it, he asked me how in the heck I swung that. I I said, I said, because it's a chamber of commerce that that the money's going to, I'm volunteering for the chamber of commerce. I said, not only do I do this, I was also doing stuff at the chamber of commerce. And, uh, so anything they asked me to do, I was doing. So I was promoting the events as well. And, uh, we had really good attendance to the events when I was um, promoting them. I don't know what, what they are now. Um, we're no longer volunteering uh, because of the family. Um, I could could give you a lot more in detail, but it's not worth it. I understand. <laughs> um, I understand. So, but it it was a good thing for me. I was able to teach a lot of people about, you know, facts you know, and legend. And I would actually give everybody every legend that I knew about, about the Sally house. I knew of four legends and I would tell them, these are the legends, but these are the, also the facts that I know. And you tell me, you know, what do you believe based on this information? Tell me where, you know, one of the things that always got me was, Oh, it was a uh, rumor that the family lived in, in the basement of the Sally house while they were building this house. And, one of the things that I said to them is, why would a family that owned their very own store live in the basement of this when they already had a place to live at their store? Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, I, I said in, I mean, even Little House on the Prairie, the you know, the, the people, the you Olsons? know. Yeah. The Olsons <laughs> lived at their store. That's we, true. We've just put a date on ourselves, but. <laughs> so, no. Well, we do live in Kansas. And mm-hmm. Missouri has the Laura Ingalls Wilder home, FYI, yep. also haunted. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that's over in near Marshfield where Dara, Dara lives. I don't know if she's in chat. I haven't she seen her. Uh, she was. Yeah, I haven't even gotten to chat because I've been talking to you guys. Oh. So, <laughs> um, but, yeah, she, so that's over over there. So, I mean, and of course, you know, we are, we're on the prairie out here. So it's fair to say that. And... <laughs> But that was one of the things I wanted people to think about. And why would, you know, why would this doctor do surgery on a child and we can't find a death certificate for anybody that died when they started keeping death records in 1905? And they're saying this happened between 1905 and 1907. There is no proof. 
why is when the doc this doctor set you know this guy's arm was from this kid that fell out of a tree or he stopped this wagon from running rolling down the hill why is all this stuff in the paper but yet this little girl dies and nobody has anything to say and then they elect him mayor yeah that's that's a little fishy right there right so, mm-hmm. so there's too many things. And then what about the fact that he didn't even live in the house at the time that you're saying this happened. He lived in the house next door. So, and, and really did it, did it happen? Um, did it happen in the time that you said, or was it the other Dr. Finney, his son? Did it happen in the 1940s, 1950s when his, when his son lived in the house instead? Mm-hmm. Or is this a story that goes to Dr. Anderson before Dr. Anderson's wife bought the house? And and stuff like that. Come on, people. You know, be right. a little critical of what people tell you. Don't buy it hook, line, and sinker. And just because I'm telling you that these are facts, check fact check me. Mm-hmm. Don't don't take the person who's giving you the information at their word because I'm going to tell you, people make mistakes. We're people. Right. And and, well, um, and some people just make it all up, but they yep. have a credible. Uh, way of telling it. There, thank you. Yes, June. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. So. <laughs> right, and there and there's mm-hmm. places that I know that are like that as well. Or well, somebody gets. Like, um, we. I don't know if you see some of the ghost shows with uh, Port Townsend up up here in Washington with the Manresa Castle. I don't know if you uh, remember seeing any of those, but they're mm-hmm. the stories that they told on. Um, I think it was haunted history. Even um, were stories that the bartender completely made up, and he confessed that he made it up to to us just because so many people. Now there is activity going on in that place, but we he had so many people going down to ask him who is it, who's haunting this place, that he just decided to make up the story of who he thought was haunting the place. So you know, like a bride jumping out the window when her when her groom you know had left her you know basically at the altar or something like that and then the other one was a monk that hung himself in the attic when monks used to live there and mm-hmm. all this stuff and it was completely made up but so many people for so long have taken that for face value and then all of a sudden you start seeing it on the ghost show so now you know it has to be true you know there's a ghost or not a ghost adventures but a supernatural about that about where people start telling telling stories it's one of the very first ones where they start telling these stories. I think it's the Hell House one. No, not the Hell House one. It's a different one. But they start telling these stories about all these things, and it actually starts to come true because people start to believe it. And that's one of the things that people need to be aware of. Don't don't take everything at face value just because. I mean, it's just like um, Bobby Mackey's. Mm-hmm. Uh, that well is just a well. There was never a right. head drop down in that well. There was, no it was head. never, there was no, uh, whatever her name is, starts with J. She um, Jol- never, or Jolene, or, was it Jolene or Jolene? No, it's not Jolene, it's, but it does start <laughs> with a Jolene. 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 Yeah, Jolene. 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 <laughs> Dolly Parton is not in the room. No. Um, but, but again, but still, she, she did not, if she existed, she didn't die there. And it has, it's just a it's a, it's a song that Bobby Mackey wrote, mm-hmm. and so Joanna. Oh my gosh, jo- Johanna. Johanna, that's it. I knew it was something like that because you know. So it was a song he wrote before he even bought the place. Yeah, exactly. And my so mom thought, let's just put, let's go ahead and put a story with this now. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And you know, the strangest thing about Bobby Mackey's is the fact that when you walk onto the floor, you feel like you're falling because it's it's falling into the river. You know, it's it's a dive bar. Mm-hmm. And and it's neat and the history about it is extremely interesting. But the the real history is a lot more interesting than what they focused on on TV. The Little Las Vegas history, the fact that it was a uh, like a uh, it was a casino. It was an underground casino. They used to money launder through there, and there was mob ties. And that it was a, a, a I want to say Italian, but but it was a, a like a salsa, what we would call a salsa bar now, but where they do the I, I can I can dance. You can't see me. <laughs> <laughs> and things like that. Yeah, when you so, when you said salsa bar, I was thinking about chips with all the different salsa. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's where my mind was for a second. Oh, um, it, one of the yeah, dance that, halls. Like yeah. a dance hall? Okay. Yes, it was, mm-hmm. like, it was like that. And so, like I said, that part of the history was so much more interesting than what was presented on TV. The, the legends that they presented. And the fact that it was a distillery before it was a slaughterhouse. Okay, and we all know that Denise and Ron have this thing about going to distilleries. So, but the <laughs> thing is, of another burnt kind, right? Mm-hmm. But that was it was a distillery, and now there's a new two new distilleries just down the road from there. Da-da! Um, <laughs> that they've revived from back in the back in the days of when that area was the Little Las Vegas. Do you know that some of the money that was laundered through that area was actually laundered through Kansas City and out to Vegas? Ooh, I have no doubts. I think I've read that somewhere before, actually. Yep. Yep. And it was a really interesting, you know, I think people need to, to actually, like I said, they need to be critical of what people tell them and not right. say, just because I'm credible and I know a lot of things doesn't mean I know everything and doesn't mean I didn't miss something in my timeline. Right. Just take it at face value and yep. it's like, nope, you've got to look it up. Yep. That's... Well, that, well, that's one of the reasons why Ross started the tours out here in Spooked in Seattle in, in Seattle is because he went on these other ghost hunts or ghost tours and found out a lot of the stuff they just made up. So that's why he was like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to tell the truth and stories and, you know, things like that. And eyewitness testimonies and, you know, EVPs that we caught and all sorts of things. So it's, uh, so yeah, I understand that. And get really disappointed when you find out something isn't true. It's like, really? <laughs> I got my hopes up. This was such a wonderful story. But, but that's the thing. The wonderful stories, I always told everybody when they would come to the Sally House, I would say, you know, in every urban legend, there is some fact. And I would say, the word the was spoken in this house. You know, you know it was just like kind of trying to get people would understand or a doctor did live in this house in fact two doctors lived in this house if not three. Oh wow you know and i would tell them you know every everything has some fact in it the fact the thing is is you need to find the facts that you need to make yourself comfortable with with what you're re- researching no matter what it is you know okay. like for years years i was told that i was cherokee guess what i found out recently i'm not cherokee Oh my I'm, gosh. I'm Blackfoot. I found, 
I found this. Oh, I was going to say, I found the same thing about me my whole life. People have told me that I was part Cherokee. I get on Ancestry.com and another DNA thing, and there is absolutely no Native American blood in my body. But at least you had Blackfoot. Yeah. <laughs> at least there was some. Yeah. Um, and, well, it's because we have pic- we have pictures to prove ours. But, and it was my great-great-great-great-grandmother. So She was on the Trail of Tears, correct? Right. Mm-hmm. So that part of the story was right. Wow, you have it such was, amazing history in your in your family. It's, it's just amazing like, that my family kept it alive. Yeah. Um, the bad part is, is on my dad's side of the family, we lost a lot of that history, um, and I'm just getting to learn a lot of that from family members because you know when my when all that bad stuff happened, we went in hiding to stay away from them so that he never found us when he got out of jail oh wow so we so when my we lost my dad we didn't just lose my dad we lost a whole family so so i can talk to you all day long about my mom's side of the family Mm. it's my dad's side of the family where i'm like i can only tell you until i was 10 what's going on you know what happened and i'm actually friends with them on facebook now and learning about a lot of them and uh i've been reunited with um cousins and uh actually had cousins come and stay at my house and and uh things like that that well they didn't know that i was their they didn't know that i was their their cousin that's another story um they actually their father didn't know he was my uncle he thought he was my cousin so Ooh, wow. there, that tells you something. <laughs> but, wow. But but again, in my mom's side of the family, we have that all over the place. And my dad's side of the family, we don't. So my dad's side of the family, when I said, oh, this is easy. I can tell you all about this stuff. He looked at me like, what in the heck are you talking about? He goes, I don't understand. My family is just a very interesting mix of we're very proud hillbillies and part of my family. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and and my mom and my dad were both from Virginia. Just my mom was from Saltville, and my dad was from Lynchburg. And so I'm as southern as they get, but I don't sound like it anymore. Oh wow! So I have a lot of history in just the state of Virginia, which reminds me, I got a new book that I'm gonna be what talking about. What did you about. get? I got. It's coming in the mail. I've got a. A letter or an email yesterday from this uh, author in Virginia asked me to review her book, The Virginia Triangle. Mm. So it's okay. about uh, Gettysburg, or not Gettysburg, um, Williamsburg, Jamestown, and Virginia Beach area. Oh, wow. We just went there last, uh, this, how many months ago? It was just like, it was when I was, on, I, was on, I was on your show the last time. That's oh, right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that's right. That was really fun. I really enjoyed that. So, but. and see, my family lives in Virginia Beach. I've been to Williamsburg and Jamestown. And, so cool. And I'm being from Baltimore, of course, you know, went down to Richmond all the time. So for me, it's going to be like old home week when I get the book. But mm-hmm. I was just amazed that she caught, she sent me a message and said, would, would you review my book for me? That's pretty cool. So I'm all excited about that because it's nobody I know. It wasn't like it was, you know, Chuck Banks or or Vanessa Hogel. This is somebody out of the blue. Wow. So Interesting. I'm very so cool. <laughs> so I'm excited about that. That was mm-hmm. kind of neat. And uh, some one of and we're we're gonna 
eventually have to get to the, the, the stuff I really wanted to talk yeah, about. We will. <laughs> well, when we wanted to ask you, too, is uh, what about the McPike Mansion? I can't talk. The McPike Mansion. Um, tell us about that a little bit, too. Well, anybody who watched Ghost Adventures the first in January, The Curse of the Riverbend, that, that was on. And first of all, some of us were irritated. But... Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but of course, whenever any time that your location is on Ghost Adventures, you're a little irritated. Yeah, that's what as, I mean. As yes. excited as you are that it's on national television or international television at that, um, you're still a little irritated at the liberties that are taken. Mm. So, but McPike Mansion, we've been volunteering at since 2009, and. Um, we just went there on a tour on Labor Day one year. We went back for a camp out that October, and we have gone back ever since. And uh, Sharon Ludke and George have done an excellent job. It's amazing seeing the changes in the mansion. And um, so it's we. it was another one that I saw on TV late at night back in 1994. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah (laughs) so i mean i had a lot of time when i was nursing in the middle of the night so um so it was one of those places that i asked ron i said where's alton illinois oh it's just across the river when i was 18 you could drink there and we couldn't drink in in missouri so Mm -hmm. we would all go over there and drink and race and all this other stuff and you know so i said well i want to go over there and check it out i said i hear that it's one of the most haunted towns in the country and uh so we did we went over there and we did the troy taylor's walking tour and i have to tell you as much as i don't care for um um him Mm -hmm. yeah as much as i don't care for his way of doing things uh the the tour was really good it is it i have to admit that it was a really good tour and he does do McPike Mansion a very good deed by including them in his tour. You know, every time he does a conference there, he, he takes everybody out there for um, for a cellar session. And, you know, they tour around the, the property there. So, like I said, I have no qualms about, about that. I'm just, I have a different problem with Troy Taylor and... I'll tell you about that later, but okay. <laughs> it, it has nothing to do with his writing or his, his tours or his events. And so he, he does do very good at all those things and he does a very good job of promoting McPike mansion and, uh, McPike mansion has used to have a summer camp out and a fall camp out right now. There's only a, a fall camp out. They also do right now. They do tours, you know, every month. And when September comes, they'll pro- I think they do two a month. But you can go to McPikeMansion.com, and the tour schedule is out there. And Sharon and Sandy Little Lizard do the tours. And a lot of times, Coyote Chris may be even there. He comes out for the campout every year, the fall campout. So the fall campout is October 19th. You get to pitch your tent mm. on the property. We have... Weenie roast and chili and chicken and um, s'mores, soda, coffee, hot chocolate, a band, uh, not a band, uh, karaoke. No, I didn't even karaoke. 
Oh my! Oh, he's a DJ. He's a DJ. Um, but there's no drinking allowed. Is that correct? No, no, no drinking allowed. But you allowed. have karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I was wrong on the karaoke. It's it's a DJ. I, oh, okay. Good. Just because just because I'm singing along with it doesn't mean it's karaoke. Um, um, oh, and, come on, you know. and you and you have to do the the electric slide to Ghostbusters. So that's one of the things, and I still can't do it. So and I and I've been to, been going there. So this will be 10 years and I still can't do it. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, but you also get, you know, seller session and no, it's not all the people that are there at the same time. You know, it's, we break it up into three groups at least and mm-hmm. go in and, and you have some, have some time in the set in the cellar because it's the only place that you can go in there because it is condemned and Sharon's not going to jail again for McCrack mansion. Oh, wow. She has gone to jail for it. But then there's also the property. So it's kind of like a paranormal uh, convention without all the vendors. Oh, that's fun. And get so talk you talk and have fun. Yep. Get to talk and have fun and have a weenie roast and, and, um, and support McPike Mansion and help them get it built back up. At this point, all the windows and all the exterior windows have been fixed, redone as they would have been done in, in um, 1868 when the house was originally built. So they're originally like they would have been all the doors, the exterior doors and the roof has been done. And now they're doing the under part of the roof. So, um, hopefully by this time next year, it'll be watertight so that they can start working on the inside. And, uh, I'm hoping sooner than that, but, uh, Eric, who is the guy that's doing everything the same way they would have done it in 1868 hurt himself last year. And so, and he's volunteering all of his time. Sharon and George have to provide materials. He's, he's providing his time free of charge. Oh, that's Uh, nice. One of the the guys that used to help out passed away last year in September when I was really sick last September he died, and uh, we were supposed to be leaving for his funeral, and that's when I ended up in the hospital with the collapsed lung. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, my gosh. So, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. So it wasn't a good thing. So um, Jerome Minx um, was one of the – he was a great volunteer there, and uh, he did an excellent job. And the bad part is is that he now is visiting us when we're there. Oh no! And, and irritating the life out of us while we're trying to put up tents. But, <laughs> Was he a little mischievous? Like to like to cause a little mischief? Okay. Well, you know um, how we started this out with sarcasm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not even close. Oh boy. <laughs> so, um, so needless to say, while we were putting up food tents last year, um, this last time in October, we were all cussing a lot. And it was, damn Jerome, damn Jerome. We know you're laughing at us, Jerome. You know, and uh, it was the whole time. So we think that we, we're all pretty sure we have another ghost there. It used to be, we don't know if this is a fact yet. Um, in the past, you could take equipment to McPike Mansion, and it didn't didn't matter. It was like the spirits there didn't know what the equipment was. They didn't care. They would ignore it. If you asked them to come close to your, your, uh, your, um, millimeter. No, we ain't doing that. You know, you just didn't get a whole lot of 
of anything with anything other than dowsing rods, maybe a pendulum. That was it. Maybe a cold spot. Candle. You know, we, we could do candles there. Mm-hmm. Things like that. That would be the only type of answers we could get from spirits was either with medium or with these old ways of doing things. Now we're wondering with Jerome's death and the year a couple years ago, Tiffany was another uh, one that used to come to the house a lot. And she passed suddenly. We're now wondering if maybe bringing equipment might be beneficial to talk to them. Could be. Because this was one of their favorite places. And so when I was talking to Howdy Chris about it, he had said the same thing, that he had noticed the same thing, that there that equipment really wasn't that and didn't work very well there. Um, our Echo Box never got anything. I mean, it's quiet. You know, like at Sally House, it cusses at you. You know, <laughs> but at McPike Mansion, nothing. Uh, I don't know about, you know, the spirit boxes because, I mean, heck, that picks up radio signals and there's a whole buttload of radio stations in the St. Louis area. So it should pick up something, but who knows if it makes any sense. But it's strange that the Echo Box is pretty much quiet hmm. when you're at McPike Mansion. So it's kind of like, why, well, why even bring anything besides my dowsing rods? Mm-hmm. You know, so... Or either that, or I can bring the dowsing rods and I can put my hot dogs on it, and here we go. Well, it is what it is. Oh. And, but, you know, so now we're just wondering how that's going to be. And this, this camp out on October 19th, we're also hoping to do a drum circle in honor of Jerome and Tiffany. Oh, fun. So, oh, so and Coyote Chris. We're hoping that Coyote, Chris, and Sandy can do that together uh, so that, you know, because it's it's the right thing to do. You know, just because Jerome's not here with us where we can see him, maybe it would be good for everybody to be able to to honor Jerome even in passing. And I think he, if he was here, he'd get a kick out of it anyway. Oh, wow. So That's very when, cool. So... I think it'll be fun, but if anybody wants to go to the camp out, she's already said this, and I want everybody to understand. If she doesn't get at least 65 people, this might be the last camp out. Oh, wow. So I want everybody to know this. It's really important to me that we get the people out there. $35 and spend the night or not. There's a hotel down the street, the Super 8, $71 usually. It's not that bad. Because I know there's a lot of people who have CPAPs and can't sleep on the ground, things like mm-hmm. that. It's yeah. not that far. It's uh, <laughs> let's see, uh, let's see. It's five. It's not even five minutes. Because we had to pick up somebody from the the Amtrak station, and the Amtrak station is two and a half miles, and that's where the the Super Eight is. Oh, nice. So there you go. Two and a half miles is all that it is, and you get them hang out with people like. Like me and Ron and Sharon Ludke and oh, and, and Sandy Little Lizard who creeped the heck out of Ghost Adventures. Um, <laughs> not to mention Igor, Igor the Bat. Mm-hmm. He might be around. He ha- we haven't seen him lately, but Igor Aww. the Bat that, that scared <laughs> scared them out of the house. He's around. 
and it Igor or Igor? No, it's Igor. <laughs> yeah, Igor. <laughs> he, he's he's really he's really furry. Ron likes him. He landed on Ron's leg um, one of the times we were there. Oh. <laughs> so and he's really little. I mean, he's no bigger than my hand. So, mm-hmm. but there's usually two bats. But you know, but it really does creep people out when there's a bat flying around. <laughs> yeah. Well, you should go to. Have you been to Preston Castle? No, I haven't been out there, oh, but I've heard gosh. a lot about it. There are so many bats there. It's just like you just see them in between all the little uh, spaces in the doors. And um, at night when you're doing an EVP session on some floors, you know, it's like all of a sudden you'll be looking at your uh, your footage from your, you know, IR camera and you see the bat flying towards you at the last second, just zooming back up, you know, in the air. So it's just like, oh, my gosh, I don't know how many times I almost got <laughs> clobbered by a bat. But thank God for their sonar. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> well, what's really kind of, you know, like I said, what's really neat about the bats is that they know you're there. They don't care. Mm-hmm. But, but again, when it chased them out of there, it just kind of made me laugh because <laughs> I knew how, how unsafe parts of that floor was, but the stairs are, are pretty sturdy, but there's no railings on parts of the floor. Oh, wow. So, or parts of the, the stairs. So it kind of made me laugh when, when I saw that. And, uh, one of the things that everybody keeps saying is, Hey, we need to uh, we need to get and ha- get T-shirts made up with Igor, you know. And uh, <laughs> things. Uh, Dara came up with one on Batty about McPike. And oh, that would be great. <laughs> so, so we really enjoy the jokes about it. But you know, the only thing is, is I'm going to say is there are no demons at McPike Mansion. Oh, sometimes, yeah, they, some, everything's a demon now. Oh. Now, sometimes you bring your own spirits with you where you go and just remember who said that there were demons there and how many places he's been and how many spirits he takes with him. So if you have a negative experience at McPike Mansion, think about what you might have brought with you. Yeah, I agree. So, um, but the spirits there are usually one of the families that live there, the McPikes or the Flashingers. Um, we haven't found any any other spirits that have come forth there except for, you know, one time my grandmother popped out and Sandy goes, who is this Lula? And, of course, nobody calls me Lula. Nobody knows, you know, at that time, nobody knew that that was my name. Oh, wow. So I don't, I don't tell people that often because why? It's mm-hmm. nowadays they associate with LuLaRoe and I'm not an MLM, but I will take your money if you hand it to me. <laughs> so it only goes one level just to me into my wallet. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Whole other problem. So it, it's always interesting. So, but yeah, that's them, Wendy. Um, John. Oh, you're quick. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, Henry and Eleanor. And then his first wife never lived in the house. His wife, Mary, never lived in the house. But it's like I said, it's very interesting. And when you come to the camp out or any tour, Sharon gives you the entire history. And it's factual. And that is what is really interesting about it is that her and uh, Sue Brown, back in the day, went through all this stuff trying to find all this information. And Sue Sue worked for the, the state at the time, so she was able to get to a lot of different records. 
that a lot of us can't get to. Oh, so, wow. so she, they were able to find so much stuff. And you know, hello Kelly McCarvel, she is one of our speakers at at a Spook Show Con on August seventeenth. Oh, fun! I thought she was. I thought <clears throat> I recognized that name, and I I forget what Dara does. Um, is she Pythian Castle, or is that somebody yeah. else? Dara Dara was is one of the tour guides at the Pythian Castle. Okay, and, in Springfield, uh, Missouri. Yes, in Springfield, Missouri, mm -hmm. and uh, she she's she's going to be attending the event she, as a uh, part of my entourage. Mm -hmm. Oh, nice! <laughs> I, 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 I have so fun. one. Yeah, it is fun, and uh, so but Spook yeah, Show. I was going to say, tell us more about that. We have to tell us about the Spook Show Con. Well, that sounds like it's really going to be fun. Well, last year we went to Spook Show Con and we had a great time meeting the people that were there. And I, I mean, I knew some of them already. I'd met some at the Mineral Springs Paracon at, in Alton last year. It was the Haunted Road Media Paracon. It was the first one they had had, had there. And we had such a great time that we said, yeah, we'll come. And we went out there, and that's where I met Jeff Mudgett, and we had a really good time. Well, this year, Tom McNicholas, he's the he's the host of it. He contacted me um, back in February when I was in Vegas and said, "Will you be the co-host?" And I said yes. I didn't think much, I didn't think long. I just said yes, and so so I said I think it'd be fun, and so. I was just really, <laughs> excuse me, really excited about that. And then when I started looking at the guest list, I was even more excited because mm -hmm. <laughs> we we already had, you know, Kelly was already signed up. Uh, Vanessa Hogel was already signed up. Shana and Shana Wankel and Mike Ricksecker from Haunted Road Media was already going to be there. And it's like, okay, well, so far this is looking really good. Uh, Ursula Bilski from um, Chicago Haunted Tours. She, nice. mm -hmm. she, and she's got a bunch of books and, and all this. Oh, and after I talked to her on my show, I was like, oh boy, I'm going to love visiting with her. I want to pick her brain. And, uh, so she's, she's really interesting. Then I met Ghost Crier. Okay. You're, there's not going to be, I mean, I, I gotta, I'm thinking I have to bring a rope, um, to keep those <laughs> two, uh, in check. Uh, -oh. uh so <laughs> They're they're just a little out there and but they're fun <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna be meeting Rick Wade, you know. Rick Wade was like maybe the fourth or fifth guest on my show when I first had a, had my radio show. Awesome. And and uh, there's some things that I you know he serenaded me on my radio show. Oh. Back in the, <laughs> a Keith Whitley song. I I gotta thank for Keith Whitley. Um, okay, that me, country song, country. Yeah, he, he's mm -hmm. passed. Um, oh, okay. I saw him in Independence, Missouri a long time ago, but, uh, you know, he's bluegrass as well. Mm -hmm. And my mom was bluegrass. So Rick Wade and I, when we talked on the phone, found out we had a lot in common. His family knows my family. Oh, my gosh. But we've <laughs> never met. But my mom could tell me everything there was to know about his family, especially the bluegrass part of it. <laughs> and... So it was very weird. And then all the your next thing I know, Frank Bennett is signing up to come. Mm -hmm. I love Frank. And again, 
another we met different... him at that one yes. Kansas City Paracon, didn't we? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. When we were sitting there and he said Baltimore and I got up and go, what? Where? Yep. <laughs> And, and we had just been discussing him uh, about that, maybe having him on some shows, and and <laughs> he said that, and you, I saw your ears go up like my dog's ears do, and <laughs> and, got, and off I went, mm-hmm. and found yep. out that we grew up in the same neighborhood, not no. far from each other, and we've been <laughs> friends ever since. So we actually drove all the way down to Eureka Springs to see him a couple years ago, Fine. him and and Cat Hobson, of course, uh, of course. But that was a that's a whole different thing, um, but. You know, she was I love... here. She was in the chat room earlier, but maybe it got too late for her. Oh yeah, she's got to get up in the morning, and she may have to watch her grandkids. But ah. uh, but thank you, Cat and uh, Frank Bennett. I just love him to death. And of course, we got Coyote Chris Sutton that's going to be there as well. Um, we had somebody drop out, and I asked him. I said, you know, I was just talking to him, and he goes, "I'll be there." Oh, nice. for, for you, I'll be there. <laughs> and to tell you guys, what's amazing is that this is all. Um, we don't have any sponsors, so everybody's coming on their own. Wow, that's great. And like I said, we have a great lineup of, of speakers. We have some backup speakers that are going to be around as well. We have um, one if, so if somebody should happen to drop out and can't speak, we have Dan Williams from PRI and his team coming on. So they're will, going to be uh, Mike, out there. Will Mike be coming up with you? Or? I don't think so. I think it's a little far for Mike. I, that's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Because Utica's just down the road. Cool. So, from okay. DeKalb. Because mm-hmm. DeKalb, DeKalb is almost Chicago. Hmm. So so Dan's going to come up. And so I'm excited about that because, you know, I love Dan. He's a good guy. I love Scott and I love Brandy. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm really sad I'm not going to see them when they're in town for the Kansas City Paranormal Conference, but I'm going to St. Louis. It's Ron's birthday. And Aww. again, family's family's more important than than other things. So and uh let's see, what else do we have coming? Well we have a bunch of vendors coming and one of our vet vendors is uh Becky Castile from Silcon. She's coming. Ooh. And uh I know we got another vendor. I just don't know his name. He calls himself the Paranomad. <laughs> so he, interesting. He, uh, okay. Yeah. He wanders. Uh, Ke- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kelly Kelly sent him over, and he signed up. So that'll be interesting to have him there. Find out some more about him. And uh, I said, I'm just really excited about all of this because hopefully I can talk without coughing. Because I'm the one that gets to introduce everybody. We also have Willie Atkins. He's going to be there as well. He's one of our speakers. He's going to, he's, um, he does a lot of things with, he does a lot of filming. So, because Spook Show Con, what is, is dark horror as well as paranormal. Even though most of the people that we've talked about are paranormal and, and cryptozoology and, and things like that, mediums. It's still there's still some dark horror that's involved in, in all of this. We also have some uh, 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 comic and ca- cartoonists that are coming, and uh, like I said I'm just really excited to see all the stuff that's going to be coming. We've actually sold out of our vendor tables, Love. but if you really if you really want want us to have you have you there, contact Tom McNicholas. Maybe he can find a way to the squeeze you in. Because mm-hmm. we have the whole red roof in, 
we have the whole lobby, we have the whole ballroom and part of the hallway. So there's there's a lot of room for people to be in there. So wow. if you're thinking about coming, if you're listening out there and you're thinking about coming, you can go to spookshowcon.com. Tickets for the for spookshowcon are twenty dollars. If you decide you want to do the event, do the spookshowcon. Afterwards, we're having a paranormal investigation at the last Egyptian theater east of the Mississippi River. Wow. So, yeah, they closed ours down out here in Seattle. It's really sad. Yeah, and because they're starting to fall apart. And and the thing is, is when you pay pay for all this stuff, um, it's $65 for the admission to Spook Show Con and the investigation. Proceeds are, are helping the Egyptian theater, which is a 5013C. Oh, so cool. So everybody needs to be thinking about that. See, it's a tax write-off. I'm mm-hmm. going. On, I'm. I'm going to this event, but it's a tax write-off because we're helping a place that needs our help. So everybody, keep that in mind. The Egyptian theater is a 5013C. So if you go on the investigation, you're helping. You're helping your taxes. It's a write-off. It's charitable deduction. Wonderful. Yeah. So, so keep that in mind. Uh, if you just want to do the the investigation there's that option too and if you just want to come and check out the spook show con like i said it's 20 bucks and it's one day you know 10 to 8 we're only doing it one day so come out check it out you can't be 20 bucks for for all that you're getting for for that so yeah that 20 bucks is really i think it's a little too low I was going to say, you know, you should have bumped it up a little more because if, that's amazing. But the thing is, is if you're coming out there and you're actually planning on spending the night at, yeah. at the location, mm-hmm. call the Red Roof Inn and DeKalb and mention Spook Show Con for your room discount. That's nice. important because, you know, Red Roof Inns aren't, aren't cheap, but they're not expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But your occupancy for two is $59.99. Oh, wow. That's so really good. So it's not bad. And so when you think about it from that standpoint, it's really good. And uh, Unless you're like me going to the booking a room at the Red Roof Inn in Nashville. Yeah, Nashville. Um, is it Nashville? Elvis's house? My mind just went blank. Memphis. 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 Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Sorry, <laughs> That's Elvis, okay. Elvis fans. <laughs> Memphis. When you're booking a room at the, the Red Roof Inn in Memphis, right by Elvis's house, you think it's, like, going to be a really, you know, kind of nice place. But no, when you start to walk ghetto. in with, yeah, when you start to walk in, the bulletproof glass is everywhere, and you see someone passed out in the lobby. It's like, um, I think I made a mistake. <laughs> and for $120 uh, a night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I met my husband just 60 miles north of there. Oh, wow. In Blyville, Arkansas. So, wow. been there, done that. Actually, I've never been to Graceland. Really? Living, living that far, living near there, I've never been there. It was really, it was really fun. It was just, you know, I, I kind of did it for my mom because she was such a um, Elvis, you know, she, everything was Elvis. She loved Elvis. And you oh, know, yeah. after, she, after she passed away, you know, it's like I, we were going to go by there. I was like, I got to stop by this place. So, yeah, it's really something. But, oh, oh very nice. But, yeah. but the red yeah. roof in, yep. <laughs> that's that's really good though. Fifty nine ninety nine. Yeah, and uh talking about Elvis, my mom and dad went to Elvis's last show at Madison Square Garden. Wow. I remember them going. It was a it was one of their last dates together that they did before they separated. 
And uh, we lived in New Jersey, Patterson, New Jersey at the time. So I remember a lot of that. My dad had every single Elvis album that they mm-hmm. that he ever made up until 1975. And there was one in 1976. And I had it um, after my dad died. And so Elvis was a big part of our lives as well. Yep. If you were born in the 60s, Elvis was a big part of your life. From Oh, yes. You, I don't know how many times I played uh, those albums myself, just, you know, in the ghetto. <laughs> well, that was more Elvis in the 70s. Yeah. But... Well, you know, that's when I was when I was young. I was born in 65. So, you know, it's like, of course, by 75, it's like, oh, I think he was my first true love besides David Cassidy and then Sean Cassidy. And then, well, yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm still stalking Donny Osmond. Yeah, he's adorable still. Oh, I know. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know they're shutting down his show in Vegas. This is the last know. Yep. They're, and it's not because of any other reason other than they're that they're just ready to move on. Right. We 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 the last time we were in Vegas was uh, last last year when we saw Barry Manilow. We got to see him in concert, so it was just like, "Oh my gosh." Yes, I admit it. <laughs> uh, we uh we go to the we go to the Flamingo. Anytime I get a chance, we'll go over there just so that I can <laughs> go in there and see if I can see him. And um, so this this will be the last time I can do that. Mm-hmm. Jake Jake's throwing a little shade in the chat room, June. You better read that. Uh, no. <laughs> I am not a Justin Bieber fan. <laughs> Don't. I, I I I hear I hear you singing his songs in my head. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was trying to think. I don't know if I even know any of Justin Bieber's songs, except when he ruined Despacito. Or... Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Just my own personal opinion. <laughs> I, I I couldn't name a name a song to save my life. I couldn't either. I but, I have but, no idea. <laughs> but I can tell you that. When they played Donny Osmond on Sirius XM, my daughter goes, "That is terrible. It's puppy. It's puppy love. Oh, it's puppy Last love. <laughs> Soldier of love. Yeah, it's great. But, so no, I. And the thing is, is they know I'm kidding, but it's it's just been an ongoing joke ever since the first time I went to Vegas that I've been stalking Donny Osmond. Oh, well, it's so fun. And you go into the Flamingo and they have those huge, you know, cardboard cutouts. I think I took a picture with, uh, with Donny and just trying to give him a kiss. Oh yeah. We got, we got one with, I got two with me with Donny Osmond. The funny thing is, is that two, two separate years, I'm wearing the same shirt. Oh my. It's a tie dye shirt. And which is weird because everybody will tell you anytime they see me, I'm wearing purple. So how in the heck did they end up getting me in a tie dye shirt for a change? But ninety percent of my pictures, I'm wearing purple. Yeah, I understand that. I, I usually wear purple with black. Those are my colors. Yeah, I mean when I pack for trips, everything is either blue jeans or purple, and it's all everything's color coordinated so i don't have to worry about matching anything the whole time Mix i'm on and match, you bet. very smart very smart yep don't have to worry about it but uh, that comes lessons, from, yeah well it's it comes from having to travel for business right i yeah. overpack all the time it's just like oh why do i do this but i'm like okay i want to wear this because this will look really nice when i go here <laughs> it's like yeah. I, should, I'm, yeah. I just don't like to do the laundry when i get home oh. so and 
But yeah, when you go to if you go to places that are really hot, you have to take extra. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. I just don't know. But you know, you know, like this this trip coming up. I was telling somebody earlier. You know, we're busy every weekend up until we go on. Well, for the next seven weeks. Mm-hmm. This weekend we're we're investigating the Kendrick House down in Carthage, Missouri. Oh, oh cool. And uh, we've got some special guests coming uh, for that. And uh, not me, but maybe next time, Denise. Maybe next awesome. time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the bad part is, is there's there's some problems that we're gonna have to deal with while we're there, but that's oh, okay. Well. we'll we'll deal with them. And um, I'm a problem solver. Oh. <laughs> well, unless you're gonna dig a new well, you're, you're not gonna be able to help. So um, <laughs> I can oversee it. I was gonna say she could probably be really good with overseeing it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> And dimensions and everything else. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty, pretty sure I could tell them what to do. But yeah. um, so we're gonna do do the Kendrick House. The thing is, is I've we've been there before. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they had said when we were there the last time. Um, usually, when men lay on this table, they get scratched, and and of course, you know, that was just a to me. It was like, okay, lay on the table, Denise. So, <laughs> so I laid on the table, and what happens? I got scratched through the table. And, oh, wow. and where did you get scratched at? Huh? Where was it, where did you get scratched at? The was middle it, of my back. On your back? Oh wow. And the thing is is did I get scratched from a spirit or did I scratch myself? I don't know. I'm not going I I can, I can only speculate because it just seemed kind of odd that mm-hmm. And this weird. table this table was used. I'm throwing I'm giving this out there for these poor people out here. Um this table was actually used as an operating table during the civil war during the battle of Carthage. Oh, wow. And there they've used luminol on it and there is truly been blood on the table. Wow. So we're doing that this weekend. Next weekend, we're going up to uh, Cameron, Missouri to investigate. Mm. Uh, That's my great aunt and uncle lived for years. Yeah, I used to go up there all the time. There's a, a train station or depot that mm-hmm. we're going to be checking out. Oh, um, wow. With some other front with uh, Codwell County Paranormal up there, mm-hmm. and uh, we just did some stuff out in Smithville, Missouri. Uh, it was just we w- just went to this bed and breakfast that was uh, ended up only being a bed, but which was fine <laughs> because we were meeting people and we didn't need breakfast, so it worked out. Um, oh, good. <laughs> so, and he offered us a bigger room if we didn't get breakfast. Oh, so, so that's it nice, Elise. So okay, sweet. and. This place yeah. was is called the Patterson House, and it was a place that Frank James used to hang out. Wow! And okay. the guy who built the house was one of Quantrill's raiders, mm-hmm. but it's Ooh, where, they were where he went to settle after the Civil War. So this house wasn't built until after the Civil War. I so, actually have a Bible that saved my great was it my great great grandfather's life. Um, that he was shot by the Quant. Quantrell Raiders, and there's a little story in this little Bible that talks about it, and, and there's a bullet in this Bible. It's really cool. I was like, okay, well, check out the wow. name Billy Billy Patterson or William Henry Patterson. I know and that see name. If he, yeah. Yes, he was the he was one of Quantrell's Raiders, mm-hmm. and he lived he built a house up in Smithfield, Missouri That's after so the cool. war. That's where he settled. And we stayed, it's actually called the Smithville um, Historical Museum and Inn. 
So it's a living museum in part of it and a bed and breakfast in the other part. Oh, how fun. That sounds like a great place to stay. So, so we, we, but again, you guys know, you, you guys have all seen the show, um, Ghost of Morgan City. Mm. I've seen a few of them. Jake, okay. Jake is the resident expert on Ghosts of Morgan City. I have not seen it yet. Okay, Jake, well, <laughs> okay, one of, one of the people that's on Ghosts of Morgan City, he was on the very first episode, Katie Stafford. He lives here in Kansas City. That is their home base. Hmm. Oh, neat. Okay. So that they were doing events there. Um, and he asked me, he goes, he goes, we've been wondering where the portals are. Hmm. Uh, or the portal. And I said, well, there's two. Yep. Katie of Supernatural Inc. Yep. And uh, I was, you know, chatting back and forth with him. And I, I can tell you where the portals are. But until I tell him, I can't tell anybody else. Mm-hmm. A fair, don't you think? <clears throat> yeah. So, unless we, well, unless we trip and fall into one, and then yeah, that would suck. But, yeah. But it was kind of interesting. <laughs> we didn't have really any activity in the house except for when we went to bed. I kept hearing people argue in the house, and then the next morning I couldn't find my glasses, and my glasses were found underneath the bed, inside of a metal bed frame. Oh my gosh! For a a bed that was smaller than the bed we were in, and we were in a queen size bed, but they had a a double bed frame kind of hidden underneath there. Should they have need to make a double bed for somebody? Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So, so it was just the springs, and so you know how the all the little uh, rectangles. Mm -hmm. So my glasses was inside these rectangle, one of these rectangles underneath the bed. So I didn't kick them under the bed. It was like they were picked up and put. How did you find them there, though? That's like, oh yeah, that's my what gosh. I was curious about. Well, <laughs> by, well, by the time that you're done checking every place that makes sense, you start to look you under start the bed. Start to look for them, mm-hmm. like, and then you so, look up and like, what in the hell are they doing there? Right. <laughs> so I was like, where in the hell are you know? Why were they under the bed? That's you know, did I kick them there? But if they had, I would have heard them because they would have hit the side of this frame. Right. So I was like, okay, well, they're not scratched, so that's weird. And so and also I didn't good. do something. Yeah, also good. I mean, I have five pair of glasses, but <laughs> but <That's> again, still. <laughs> I, I still needed them to get home. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, this is interesting. So so that was just like um, two weekends ago. And this wow. weekend, like I said, I went back to Atchison for the first time since <clears throat> 2007. But we didn't go do anything paranormal. But we did um, find some places that are paranormal, like. Uh, we found a, the Weaver Hotel in Waterville, Kansas. We're going to go check that out sometime. And a uh, little bitty town, at, at the height of its popularity, it had 717 people. It now has 670. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's exactly 100 miles rail from, the, you know, from Atchison on the railroad. It's where the railroad decided to stop. <laughs> Um, and then here there be dragons. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, well, then they put in a different railroad from there. So the Atchison Topeka Railroad actually stopped in Waterville. And uh, then they put in the, the railroad went further from there. But it's, it's, again, it has a very strange history. It's on the list of the top 15 haunted hotels in Kansas. And it's like, okay, whatever. I don't care about that. But the funny thing is, is Ron's driven by this you know, for his job, you know, he goes from Junction City to Maryville. He goes, he goes, I've driven by here. He goes, I look down there. He goes, I look and I keep on going. 
Well, I happened to be with him, so I said, well, it's just right down here, two blocks. So we drove up there. And because I was with him, he drove by there, and lo and behold, it's like, this is a really neat place. It has 10 rooms. The most expensive room is $110, and the cheapest one is 65 Oh, and wow. It's a, and it's a living museum. Mm-hmm. That sounds great. And, and is, what? is that where you saw the little cemetery as well that... The pictures were kind of cool. Okay, the picture from the cemetery was about four miles west of Pomona. Oh, okay. So, but I would never have thought to see the F word on a tombstone. Mm, yeah. Mm. But the guy was only 18 years old. <laughs> so, um, and his grandmother died probably around the same time. Maybe even, maybe they were in a car accident together. Oh, okay. Both of them mm-hmm. died at the same time, around the same time, it looked like. But that cemetery started in 1885, I believe it said. And there were a lot of unmarked graves in there. I didn't have dowsing rods, but you could feel the indentions from mm-hmm. where the, the caskets had uh, collapsed. Mm. So, um, But Ron dr- goes, I drive by it all the time. And he decided to stop that day because I was with him. Mm-hmm. So, um, But we found some other things that are along his work route that was a little bit different and out of the way. So, um, and that we might want to go check out. So, so that's something that's on our list. So let's see. And then after we do the, the thing up in Cameron, we're going to take a week off. Well, no, we're going to go to the Cal. We're going to St. Louis, um, for Ron's birthday. And I got to get a refill on duck bacon. And, uh, <laughs> if you've never tried duck bacon, no. I suggest you do. I suggest you do. It's really good. I've uh, never heard of it. It's apparently there's a restaurant in, in Baltimore that serves everything duck. I saw it on TV and I said, well, that sounds interesting. I want duck bacon. Well, the closest I could find that had it was Schnucks in St. Louis. Uh-huh. And, and so we went to five Schnucks and only one of them had it. And it happened to be the one down by Ron's mom's. And we had to go, I mean, and there's four schnooks by her, but one f- the furthest from her, but on right down the road from her, has it. It's eight ninety nine for 12 ounces. So, I mean, oh it's my kind, gosh. Of, kind of expensive, <laughs> but you only need, you know, like to make a, a bacon, bacon sandwich. You only need <laughs> so, but because it's really thick, mm-hmm. but it was really good. And, uh, of course, you got to get emo salad dressing. You know, you can't get that here either. You know, and, uh, but, you know, that's one of the things. But Ron, Ron's a big emo's pizza person. And if you ever go to St. Louis, you got to eat emo's pizza and you got to have White Castle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, no. um, can, can you guess what we're I having? I love White Castle. Can you guess what we're having for Ron's birthday dinner? White, White Castle. Castle. Uh, nice indigestion oh yes no it's going to be the other side yeah (laughs) but um but that's okay you know the white castle it is and that's good and we have fun and then the following weekend we have the spook show con in DeKalb and we get back for a weekend to relax before we go to Vegas and Along that route, we're going to find something interesting to do, um, either coming or going. You know, we're, we're thinking about stopping in Roswell. It's only about an hour and a half off the road. 
um, maybe Dodge City, you know, things like that. There's a bunch fun. of different things. Can't, you know, we could always go to maybe the, uh, you can't really get to the, the Ellsworth, Kansas house. You know, maybe, I don't know if you can get to the, the Cutter family, uh, not Cutter, Clutter family home from, uh, what movie was that? Um, oh, I know Jake knows the name of the movie. Um, of course he does. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> well, well, the thing is, is a lot of it was filmed in Olathe and Leavenworth and Lansing and, uh, and, uh, in cold blood. Yep. Yeah. Oh, oh, damn. Okay. Beat me to the punch. Okay. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and so I don't think you can get to the, the clutter family home. I think you can drive by it, but, uh, I think that's a little far off the road to, to get to, but again, I'm really not into the, the murder stuff. It's more the, the haunted stuff that I'm interested right. in. <laughs> I know. Sure. And, but again, you can see you know, <coughs> us in our, in our lives here, we can see where, when that film was filmed, we can see all those places and how they've changed since then. So it's kind of kind of neat. But uh, we're going to find something interesting to do along the way. One year we did the Painted Desert. You know, oh, that's cool. that's a long time out. There, there's teepees in, in New Mexico that you can stay in. You know, there's always something interesting. Are they air-conditioned? Yes, they are. <laughs> oh, they're, good. They're, okay. They're concrete. <laughs> ah, <laughs> so but they were built on you know because you know Highway 40 is actually the old part of old Route 66. Okay. So, you know, once you get down to 40, it's 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 kind of interesting. But you know what you see mostly is all these ghost towns mm-hmm. all along there, and so it's kind of um, kind of weird when you think about it. There's the old uh, F Troop thing down there. Uh, oh, right. Okay. Well, F Troop, it, this guy was really into F Troop, so he made this um, stop along the road that was kind of like, hey, I really like this show, and, and, and it's called, uh, it's it's called right after the F Troop name, and uh, like I said right now, my, my mind's blank, but it's right off the side of the road, kind of reminds me of like Dog Patch USA. You know, it's all abandoned and, and all this stuff. And you can still see the the pancake house and and the the little lookout and all this stuff is still there. Oh wow. And people stop and they take um they stop and they take pictures and all this other stuff. So it's it's kind of neat to see, but I'm assuming that it it may be no trespassing. But again, it's still interesting to see that, <laughs> that somebody 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 liked F Troop so much that they had to they had to copy it and make this little roadside thing in New Mexico. <laughs> it's either New Mexico or Arizona. But they had to do this because they loved it so much. And uh, so we drive by that a lot when we take our trip, the south route. And uh, the north route's scary, um, to be honest. I don't like I-70. Um, yeah, it's a dangerous road regardless. It's yeah, dangerous, but 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 when you come out at twelve thousand feet, it and grades of seven and twelve percent, and kiss your ass turns and and mm. uh, eighteen wheelers that are tandem and and all this mm-hmm. other stuff, you're mm-hmm. sitting there going, I don't like this, and it's four yeah. lanes, 
<laughs> as you're coming down into Breckenridge and Vale, you know, and you're like, oh, it's pretty, but I can't look because I'm going to puke. Yeah, you know? right, yeah. <laughs> you're going to veer off the road. Yeah, and, oh my God. and again, the brake on my side of the car doesn't work, so it doesn't help. <laughs> That's not bad, yeah. <laughs> when you keep breaking and breaking. Yeah. And you've replaced the oh shit handle like five different times, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and the bad part is, is Ron's sitting over there going, Will you just shut the hell up? Yeah. Like, I'm, Stop I'm, it. I'm Close not your eyes. Saying, and I can't because that makes me sicker. Yeah. You know? And he's like, He'll sit there and say, Will you play with your phone? And this part of the interstate I 70 that I'm talking about is after September 1st. If it snows and you don't have uh, chains, you're going to get a ticket. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's a law between Mm -hmm. September 1st and May 1st that you have to have chains on your car. And it's because they get snow that high up. And we were just driving. I mean, it was 70 degrees the day we went that route. And we come out of that tunnel and suddenly it's my car is beeping at us, telling us that it's you know, got below 40 degrees and it's freezing rain and sleeting and I'm like, what oh in the hell happened? Just on this <laughs> side of the mountain. Mm-hmm. Some kind of weird time yep. thing. And they, but... and they just made this a law this year. Wow. That yep. About this, so... Sounds like our mountain passes out here too. But uh... Well, yeah, you guys have a lot of weird ones out there. Yep, very. A little scary ones too. But, uh, well, Denise, we only have a few minutes left. Um, do you want to, like, tell people how to get in touch with you and the websites for, you know, the con and everything else and, and the mansion? Yeah. Sure. If you want to reach me, the best way to reach me is to find my radio show, uh, The Paranormal Pride, on Facebook. Yep. And you can also find me on Facebook as under Denise Pridemore. Um, there's a lot of them out there, but you know, you'll know me if you find me. I, I guarantee it. Um, Definitely. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the Spook Show Con is August 17th, and the website for that is spookshowcon.com. McPike Mansion, the campout is uh, October 19th. Starts at five o'clock at night, five o'clock in the evening, and it goes through to the next morning. And that website is mcpikemansion.com, and that's $35, and I think it would be a fun time for everybody. That does sound like a lot of fun. And my radio station that the Paranormal Pride is on, to give that a plug, is wbhm-db.com. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jake. Yes, he's he's on it. Yeah. He's always on it. Yeah, I don't even reach for it anymore because I'm like, Jake will have it before I can even yeah. blink. <laughs> but I'm still trying to type in, trying to see things. <laughs> Jake's got it. It's already done. It's already done playing. Oh, thanks. Well, Denise, thank you so much for being on our show. And it just, I hope everybody... You know, looks up these things in these places and and does these things because it sounds like so much fun. I was even contemplating in my head, it's like, can I afford to go down October in October at least? Because <laughs> I wouldn't mind just doing the camp out at the Super Eight. <laughs> oh, well, the thing is, is if you do decide to come, look look at flying into St. Louis. That's the closest airport. Right, right. And my cousin lives out there, too, so, you know, that I was thinking about that, too. I thought, you know, that might be a nice idea. Hmm. And then you could go check out Lemp Mansion on Sunday morning. On Sunday afternoons, they have a family-style chicken dinner. 
I've never been there before, so yes. Oh, this is sounding even better to me. And it's free. <laughs> it's free to walk around, but it, I wouldn't stay there at, in the evening. And then you can take a tour over at uh, uh, the Budweiser Brewery, mm. and it's not too expensive. And you get to try some if you like beer. But otherwise, yeah, it's just not, it's not a fun a tour. But <laughs> not a fan of Budweiser. I'm not either, but the tour is really good. <laughs> I bet and it would be is, fun. And I did see spirits when I was there, and not the kind you drink. Oh, cool. <laughs> That's even better. <laughs> just people have to tell me there will be food and ghosts. <laughs> okay, I'm there. <laughs> well, and then you got Mineral Springs, and if you show up there, they'll let you walk around the building, and or they'll even take you around. Oh, fun. So, see, I can tell you all kinds of things you yeah, can Yeah, I'll be, like, checking in with you. Okay, this is what I'm planning. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much for having me on. Oh, well, thank you for being on. Thank you very really much. I enjoyed your stories. So Absolutely. Awesome. But, oh, Wendy, yes. Yes. have for next week? We I'm... have, um, Jake, what's the name of that? Um, Adventures in <laughs> It's Adventures in Cryptozoology, Richard Freeman. <laughs> We will mm -hmm. be doing an international broadcast. Mr. Freeman is yeah. in England. We will be uh, pre-recording that one, but we'll play it in snippets, and you guys can come along and chat, and and we'll we'll make it our our usual entertaining and fun time. Of course, yes, <clears throat> that sounds so much fun. Yes, it does. I'm going to be reading up on all the cryptos cryptozoology things. <laughs> and true if you go to our facebook event you can even vote on which critter you'd like us to start with that's right that's Yay. right and um the following week i don't have any, i don't have the events up yet but it will be uh kevin and jennifer malik and uh all things paranormal with them i suppose oh yeah although and, although and it's just theories. june yeah. pardon conspiracy theories yes there we go. Believe me, I know, because we've been on the same network multiple times. I, I thought you had, yes. <laughs> and, and we are currently on the same network. Yes. Very yeah, they're cool. on Friday late afternoon, right? Yeah, Friday's at 4. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Very cool. <clears throat> and anyway, um, after that, we're, we're kind of winging it, playing it by ear. We've got several people lined up, so, yeah. you know, just getting them in. You know yep. how that goes, Denise. Oh yeah. <laughs> mhm. Mm exactly. Yeah, we've we've got we've got a few people to say, oh yeah, well, I'm, we're gonna do it. So we just need to get their dates down. So we're mm -hmm. we're gonna have some some fun guests coming up. And we're, we're hoping for a little Appalachian conjure and folk magic. Upcoming. Yeah. Now that sounds really interesting. We may have to go a different route than the the original one, but that's cool too. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will say, Jake, I'm very happy that you said it right. Oh, I had because to learn a lot it. Of people, a lot of people don't say Appalachian correct. Oh, yeah. no, I learned Appalachian from Appalachians. Yeah, no, I, I learned from Wendy. I, yeah, <laughs> I, unfortunately, I've, I've always, I, I just learned right now because I've always called it Appalachian. Right. Appalachian. Yeah, see, that's how, how my mom goes. If you say it wrong, you're not you're not Southern. Like, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, well, I'm from Wisconsin, so I'm Yankee as I'll get out. Right, and see, and my family, like I said, my mom was born and raised in the Appalachians and mm -hmm. so and uh yeah, people, so no. for me it's always it's been you know I learned how to say it by the time I was two mm -hmm. 
Mm. And well, you know, my, like my grandpa was from Louisville, and it's Louisville, it's not Louisville, it's Louisville or Nashville, or you know. <laughs> I say Louisville and Nashville. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I just say it's hot and sultry. I don't want to. Yes, exactly. <laughs> hot and sultry. <laughs> Oh, God. Well, is there any closing words you would like to say, Wendy? Jake? Everybody have a safe and fun week and weekend, and see you next week. I will you say bye-bye? That. Is that a pork chop? Say bye-bye. He just said bye-bye to pork chop. Bye-bye, pork chop. Bye-bye. <laughs> Forget nope. it. I'm not going to say oh, a word. Yeah. No, he, he, he's looking. He hears you. Aww. <laughs> everybody you have a m- amazing fun week and we will be back with you next wednesday night and hope you can join us and jake what were we what were we doing voodoo daddy yeah, the uh, outro yes the outro yes. is big bad voodoo daddy and their song save my soul nice thank you all right hope everybody so take- enjoys it yeah, I, I, it's a good track, I gotta say. I need my voodoo daddy. <laughs> I got a couple of t-shirts. I do like them. <laughs> okay, here we go. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night.
The city and the river of mud Let me know Let me know Where I can go To save my soul Let me know Let me know Where I can go To save my soul Where I can go To save my soul Save my 